Hey, another great episode of Roundup is coming up next. If you like what you heard, please go online to redsearadio.org and donate, become a monthly sustaining member, and keep us on the air. Thank you and God bless. Good morning. Good morning, friends and family of Catholic Radio. This is Wednesday. Much to my surprise, today is Wednesday, May 22nd. I say much to my surprise because I have been very calendarly confused as of late. But I'll explain more. Uh, those of you who know me, I have to tell one story to tell another story. But I am so happy to be here in our station in the St. Mary's Catholic Center. Uh, I'd like to welcome all of our listeners here locally in Bryan College Station in Hearn on KEDC 88.5 FM. Our listeners over in Lorena and Waco, KYAR 98.3 and those listening in Palestine, KINF 107.9. I'm here in the studio with our station manager, Thaddeus Romanski. Good morning, Thaddeus. Good morning, Judy. Thank Always you. a pleasure to be Aren't with you. Aren't you glad you have someone like me to give you this jump start of confusion? And As they sometimes say, <laughs> never a dull moment. Do you know anything about George Carlin? I know some I know some things, yes. Yes. Well, probably a lot of his material back in the 70s uh, yes. really couldn't be uh couldn't be repeated on the station, but he had a little stint that he did like a, a TV program or a radio program and he'd make some sound uh now to our whippy dippy weatherman. And so today I feel like you're wacky, willy-nilly Red Sea Roundup So you're a whippy-dippy Red Sea host. Yes, because how surprised I was sitting in the Sam's parking lot at 1025 for you to text me and say, hey, what's the subject of the show today that Jennifer Stavanoha is going to come on? And I would love to have seen what my face looked like because I thought it was next Wednesday. And when I, you know, I scroll back through the text. She's pulling back the curtain right yes, now, I folks. Yes, I am, folks. Uh, scroll back through the text, and she agreed to the wrong dates and the wrong days, not only to talk about our Blessed Mother today, but also tomorrow at our Bible study. But the Holy Spirit is alive and well and living in my cell phone that I was able to contact her all while I was waiting to hear back contacted someone else. Hey, could you come on the radio? <laughs> and I would love to know what thoughts were going through your head at that time, but no, poor, poor Judy. No poor thoughts Judy. other than I had absolute confidence that we were going to give our our listeners something worth listening to this and morning, whether it was going to be will. live or pre-recorded. That we will. But yes. uh, as we speak, our friend Jennifer Stavanoha is driving here. She's In transit. On her way here, and she's going to share some uh, teachings and uh, her devotion to the Blessed Mother in this beautiful month of May that is devoted to our Blessed Mother. Yes. Today, yes. 
is a wonderful feast day that uh, Thaddeus and I have been talking a little bit about, St. Rita of Kasha. Very appropriate that <laughs> we had the events take place this morning that we did for this feast day, given that St. Rita is the patroness of impossible causes. Now, there's also the patron of impossible causes, who is? St. Jude, I'm St. Jude. Okay. St. Jude Thaddeus. Yeah. The True. cousin of our Lord and one of the apostles. And then St. Rita is the patroness of impossible right. causes. She's also known as the persistent widow mm-hmm. as part of her story. We'll, we'll explain. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to give the whole her whole story, but I think what's always been the most incredible part of her story to me is um, she was married and she had children. Uh, lived lived in Italy in the 13th century, maybe 14th century. Um, her husband was uh, drawn into some of the family feuds and fighting and violence of that time and place, and um, maybe forerunners of the mafioso and mafia kind of culture. Mm -hmm. And this man was murdered, her husband. And her two sons vowed that they were going to murder the man who killed their father. They were going to take revenge on him. Um, And St. Rita was such a devout Catholic, so knowledgeable and... um, took so seriously the Ten Commandments, the moral teachings of the church. She prayed. Well, first she tried to dissuade her sons from taking this vengeance. Mm -hmm. But she wasn't having any success. And they were laying plans to carry out this act. And she was uh, so concerned primarily for their salvation that she prayed to God that he would take their life, that they would die Mm -hmm. rather than carry out this act, Mm -hmm. right? And I'm not remembering here right in this moment if they eventually decided not to take the life of the man or if they eventually, if they died. I don't recall that. But what's important is that what did she put first? What was most important to her? The salvation of her son's soul. Mm -hmm. Not not accommodating them in their the actions they were going to take, not saying, oh, there's justification for what you're doing because you know we've been harmed or you've been uh, mistreated or this is what you think you should do and you're adults now, so I'm going to just mm-hmm. kind of go along to get along. No. And that's such a great, lesson for us. Right. Um, a year ago, I was asked to be a confirmation sponsor for some a family friend in uh, Arizona. And so we flew and the confirmation was at the parish of St. Rita's. And so I uh, can, do you know, <clears throat> excuse me, her uh, image there's something about a thorn or is it a thorn on her head? She has a, she had a Something like the stigmata 
but for the wounds of the crown Christ. of thorns in her mm-hmm. forehead that was that would bleed. It was very painful for her. And I believe she got that after she entered religious life because I believe her I believe her sons maybe did die and then she went and entered the convent. The convent yes. Um, I, I knew uh, very little about her in detail, but I knew that uh, friends had suggested to other friends who were have her tr- having trouble in their marriage to pray for St. Rita's intercession and uh, recently was having a conversation with someone who is waiting, struggling to get through the annulment process. And mm. I just, I don't know why, I guess the Holy Spirit wanted me to learn more about uh, typically when something like that comes up in my across my radar I, I want to take that as a challenge to learn more about this saint right um but i suggested to him to ask saint rita to intercede for you and the very next day on facebook it announced the beginning of the novena to saint rita and now, oh, now today is her feast day so uh, there are no that's very that's pro- a Christ prudent, incidents, providential very Christ providential for yes. sure so um want to pray uh, let's just have just a moment of prayer to lift up all those who are in troubled marriages who are struggling to go through the annulment process and um, I, I felt called to tell him embrace this struggle that you're going through because there's a reason nothing happens in our life without reason or if we go through it without making that struggle intentional then it's wasted. But uh, so I'd like to just encourage all of us to keep our friends that are going through these struggles in our prayers, and we'll just ask Saint Rita's intercession for for those uh, in this broadcast. So that'd be awesome. Yes, and we and, and we, we ask her uh, her intercession for for all of us that we have that moral courage to put the salvation of the souls of our children first. Uh, absolutely. Um, and I have two daughters, uh, in many conversations with my spiritual director over how to parent, how to, uh, be the parent of grown, you know, when your kids are little, they step on your toes. When your kids get grown up, they step on your heart. Right. But, uh, how to navigate through those waters. I openly admit and accept and ask the Lord, I've never been the parent of my children today. Mm. They're they're a year you know a year older now they're a day older and they're that's right their experience changes and so I need all that I can get to be be their parent today that's Not, right <laughs> so a um, couple of things that we experienced as a radio station was Saint Anthony's Parish Bazaar and Homecoming this past weekend. We had a great hour on the air live and were able to um, interview a couple of people and just talk about the homecoming itself. I was so excited to be there. Um, I've It was our 55th Bazaar and Homecoming. And 55th. I can't say that I've been to every one of them, but I have lived through every one of them. And I do have my own childhood memories. Uh, my brother and I were discussing things that we remembered about uh, you know, just every year we knew we were going to compete for a new stuffed animal because they had a, like we have the cake wheel and the grocery wheel. Now we had a stuffed animal wheel. Mm. wheel. And then uh, remembering 
experiencing that when my girls were little and um, the different, you know, I was like, oh, my parents did this with five kids and it's hot because <laughs> <laughs> it was in June at the time, closer yeah. to St. Anthony's feast day. And then um, my nephew who lived with me for five years was there this weekend with his two-year-old and it was just so much fun to have those memories in our history so rich that's been a part of my family. Yeah. It was a great day. It was hot as heck. I will tell you I that. I heard. I heard it was very hot. It was good. But the mass at 9 a.m., I was so blessed to be a part of the music and uh, so positive and uplifting. Deacon Andy's homily focused on the love that was proclaimed in the gospel. And uh, the food was great. My husband, Keith, is the king of chicken. He cooks about 800 chickens from 2 a.m. till... So he's the chicken king, not the chicken a la king. No. Okay. Uh, excuse me. Um, got pun control on the speed <laughs> dial here. Um, we also <laughs> um, so blessed to hear reports of people who attended the ordination of our transitional deacons. Yeah. Um, I think you have some of those. Yeah. Let's talk about that yeah, real yeah, quick. So we've great. got we've got three um, local young guys who are transitional deacons now. So that's Kyle Nasursta from the Central Texas listening area, uh, Will Rooney, and Chris Smith from Bryan College Station. St. Thomas Aquinas. Yeah, St. Thomas Mm -hmm. Aquinas to be specific. So congratulations to those three men as they are making their final step towards uh, ordination. And thank you. Very much thank you. Thank you to all those who are uh, continuing. So next time we see them, it'll be... Deacon Will. Mm-hmm, that's oh my right. gosh. <laughs> and then we've got, um, we want you to pray for some new assignments, some uh, priests heading to new assignments. So um, if you remember Father Augustine Ariwaldo, Father Melvin Dornack, and Father Curtis Viedenfeld, uh, they're getting new assignments in our Red Sea Catholic Radio listening area. And then we've got some priests who are actually leaving um Red Sea parishes and going to other parishes in the Diocese of Austin. So please remember them and, and their prayers. And that's Father Ron Feather, Father Bernard Hung, and Father Daniel Liu. Um, please put them and their congregations, their new congregations and their old congregations under the care of Our Lady. Pray a Hail Mary for them yeah, today. absolutely. You know, uh, the reality, we are so human and so selfish, and we tend to, as parishioners, only look at the transition of our pastors and our priests from our own perspective yeah. and how, how it affects us. That's right. That's this human nature. Leaving, yes. And so um, I, was, I was in uh, Lafayette around Christmas time, and we traveled there to go see our family, Father Patrick was our pastor here. He could travel easily to Carrollton to go see his family at Christmas. But I was so blessed to go to confession to this Nigerian priest. And I was so distracted by the fact that he was not going to be, excuse me, to be with his family Mm. at Christmas. And it, I don't know, it just opened my eyes to their, they are also leaving a parish that perhaps they are very fond of. That's right. And a town that they have been living in, you know, when Father Joseph, our pastor at St. Anthony's, had never been to Bryan, you know, I just think about that. You know, he didn't know where the post office, you know, very practical things. 
So uh, we're just so blessed for our holy priest and um, continue to pray for our priests that are not moving and these new uh, assignments for for our diocese. Right. That's right. And then we also want to let's let's shift to something we just got done talking about something new for these priests and uh, they you know are going to be kicking off a new, new time and uh, a new parish and then we've got a, a something of a kickoff to talk nice about too segue my friend <laughs> you, this is good radio folks i would just hope you appreciate oh, it <laughs> um, and that's our red sea catholic radio first annual summer kickoff saturday june 1st at tiffany park in bryan now, if you're not a Bryan College Station resident, that doesn't mean you can't come over. Gather some people from your parish in uh, St. Jerome's in Waco and come down, carpool down and, and join us. Or come in from Caldwell or right. um, Franklin. Franklin, Franklin, Texas. Just You don't have to be a resident here in Bryan College Station to come. You can just RSVP um, info at redseacatholicradio.org and let us know. But you don't have to even... RSVP. You can just just come. Just come. There's going to be Chick Fil A nuggets and fries provided. It's going to be BYOB opportunity. We're going to have some games like maybe kickball, maybe uh, uh, cornhole. There's a splash pad. It's at Tiffany Park in Bryan. 3890 Copperfield Drive in Bryan. You can go to redcradio.org slash kickoff to get more information. Come out, join us. It's going to be a great time. Oh. Saturday, June 4th, June 1st, Saturday, June 1st from 11 to 4. Saturday, June 1st from 11 to 4. That was not great radio. That's okay. At least you knew what today's date was. Yeah. And what day of the week that <laughs> oh, date was. Stop. Stop downgrading yourself <laughs> like that. That's ridiculous. Oh, I just marvel at the workings of the Holy Spirit that is so coordinated that has uh, made all of this fall into place. Yeah. As always, when we get out of the way, God seems to do good work. That's right. That's right. <laughs> I mean, look at the zebra. Yeah, look very, at the giraffe. very cool animal. Look at the giraffe. Very amazing spotted like, animal. Stretch that neck. Oh, I can just. I bet he had a ball. I just I've been compared a to a giraffe before. Really? Yeah, I can't, can't imagine okay. why. That is okay. So. Well, I guess last thing I wanted to. Um, I don't have a lot of information about this, but I know that the Central Texas Fellowship of Catholic Men they are starting in the Waco area. Those chapters are starting a study on Ecclesiastes. You can call your local chapter and get more information about that. And then there is also a men's mass, the annual men's mass on July 27th coming up um, in Austin. So go to sentexcatholic.org, C-E-N-T-E-X catholic.org for more information and check that out. Do you know much about the book of Ecclesiastes? I know that it's one of the wisdom books. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, I think, isn't that the that's the a time vanity this, a vanity time of vanities? To everything, everything is, is a, vanities. Yes, a '60s song by the Birds, I think, is the name of the group. Mm-hmm. To everything, turn. I mean, that's pretty much typical for the '60s. Mm-hmm. I mean, very rooted in Scripture, very God, you know, <laughs> right. centered. So, yeah. not surprising yeah. that that, that came out of cool that decade. Cool song in the '80s. 
Kyrie Eleison's uh, mm-hmm. rock song that came out. That oh, that's right. Wow. Amen. Amazing callbacks from your past. All right. Don't well, worry about with it. those callbacks and those amazing music, let's hear some outro music and then we'll come back on the that's other right. side with Jennifer Stavanoa and some discussion of the month of May as Our Lady's Month. See you in a little bit. Welcome back to Red Sea Roundup. If you're just joining us, hang on. This is going to be a wonderful, thrilling ride of a conversation. Um, The spirit is moving, not only in this room, but over technology. And my guest, welcome, Jennifer Stavanoha. Thank you you for being so flexible. And the Lord had all this worked out. So we're going to move on. But um, I told... uh, that I think the only thing about this interview I had right was that it was you and that we were going to talk about Mary. But when I told Thaddeus, I said, um, you can promote it. And I knew about this a month ahead of time, which yeah, is kind of rare on top about of things. me. Kind of rare about me. And I said, stop, stop that. Uh, entitle it, There's Something About Mary, because it's a completely awful movie entitled that from, I don't know, 20 years ago or so. But uh, I feel like I've. I can see like the movie cover in my head of yeah. there's something about Mary. But I never saw it. Um, I Probably maybe saw about <laughs> ten or fifteen minutes of it. And I I can't even think of the guy's name. That Ben uh, Stiller. Yes, um, but there was a youth minister at St. Thomas Aquinas, and I think it was Josh Simmons. Does he do T-shirts at some point? Um, I think he did it, Josh. But he, there, there was a youth minister at St. Thomas Aquinas that did T-shirts, but I don't know if that's who it was. Well, anyways, he had a beautiful white T-shirt with blue collar trim and a image of the Blessed Mother, mm-hmm. and it said, "There's something about Mary." And I'm oh. like, "Yes!" So that's where my title inspiration, where I got the information that it would be a good I idea like to invite you to come, is over Facebook. Yeah, one of your comments to someone else had a statement about the Blessed Mother and said, when I do this teaching at RCI at St. Joseph mm-hmm. on the Blessed Mother, and I'm like, bing, let's <laughs> yeah, celebrate the month of May and have a discussion about that. So Jennifer, tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and how this yeah. talk or teaching uh, came yes. about and your involvement in it. All right. So um, Jennifer Stavanoa, um, I moved here in in 2013. Uh, I was hired by Ablaze Ministries to be a missionary, so I was a missionary there for about four years. Um, I came from, um, I'm originally from Houston, but I was coming from Franciscan University of Steubenville, where I got my master's in theology. Um, so I think the Mary thing happened when somebody... Oh, it was Father Ryan. Mm -hmm. Father Ryan Higdon was like, hey, we're looking for, you know, kind of more like 
fresh a fresh face for you know people to give talks at RCIA. And so he got me in touch with uh, Daniel Quigley, who was running it, and they're like, pick a topic. So this was after the time when you were in the grass with the snakes, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't know the grass snake story. Have but I told you that story? It's a whole nother okay. sh- offshoot, but it was an important step in her, it was her really, spiritual awakening. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Anytime I almost step on a snake is an opportunity no, it, for it, spiritual growth for me. That's the thing. I didn't almost step on it. I did. I was sitting there. I was I was sitting there and I was praying. I was by myself, wasn't bothering anybody, wasn't bothering a snake, nothing, just sitting there. And I just kind of like look to my right, left, my left, and there's like you know you have that moment sometimes where you're like snake stick, mm-hmm. it's a stick. Yeah, I'm fine. Oh yeah, okay. I jump over the water hose. Yeah, thinking, oh. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, <laughs> so I had this moment where I was like snake stick snake because it was an actual snake and it was like you know and with its little tongue thing and it was like and I was like ah and it went and I went ah and it it like struck at me but like didn't get me and I stood up and we're just like looking at each other me and the snake and and it it just like it didn't move and I didn't bother it which is weird because snakes they you know they leave you alone if you leave them alone they'll leave you alone this one came after me first Mm. I was not bothering it so we just stared at each other for like five minutes and then I just started to yell at it like, because I, so long story short, I was there in that, this field because I was having a really rough time with just like identity and things like that. And I just started yelling at it, telling it like, you know, truths, like, you know, I'm a daughter of God and like nothing can take away my worth and blah, blah, blah. I am loved. I'm not, you know, abandoned, all this stuff. And it just, it didn't move. It just stared at me. My goodness. And I was like, kind of like, so there, you know, <laughs> <laughs> that's what I have to say. <laughs> and yeah, so, so. I back away from the snake and it just, it, you know, staring at me and I, I leave and I just really felt overcome with, um, you know, the presence of Mary and I just really felt like overwhelmed. Like I just need to pray Hail Marys, like not even a rosary, just like Hail Marys. So I go to another side of the field where I saw there's no snakes. I affirm you in that yes. decision. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm just praying Hail Marys after Hail Marys after Hail Marys. So at some point I'm like, okay, I think I'm I'm done. You know, mm-hmm. and so I stop and I was like, okay, I'm going to leave. So I start walking down this field and I don't know any other way to describe it other than I saw it with like, not my, not my eyes, but like almost like my spirit and just saw in this field covered with just massive, tall, white skyscraper angels, not like your fluffy naked angels. You know, but these were like warriors going to battle. None of them were looking at me. They were all walking with me. And I just felt overwhelmed with this sense of Mary and her identity as queen of angels, that they were going to fight for me. And seeing the massive amount of, you know, soldiers she had fighting for me. So that's my snake Mary story. Ooh. Yeah. And I, so I actually tell that, do tell that story at RCIA as kind of like, you know, an end to this, you know, we, at RCIA, we, we go through all the Marian dogma, each one of the Marian dogma, and we give the scriptural, you know, um, references for things like that. But that's kind of like, you know, we can talk, we can do the, the scriptural Mary thing and, you know, talk about where we can find these Marian dogma in scripture. Anyway, that's awesome. We, that's we, important. We need to do that. Yes. Um, but at the heart of it is that she's our mother and that that we experience her 
not just like know her with our minds, but you know, we experience the love that she has for us and that she fights for us. My goodness. Yeah. I, I, so that's why I picked the as Mary many topic. times I've been around you and uh, had no idea. Is that, that an awesome that story? It is so beautiful. I heard that story on Everyday Catholics when you were on with Father that's Ryan right. a couple of years ago. Yeah. Yeah. That's yep. right. That's amazing. So. so that's why I picked picked Mary because I, you know, she's just in, in typical mother fashion, I guess. When we turn our back on her, she doesn't turn our, her back on us. So. Yeah. I, um. If I would be giving my testimony, I would, uh, I usually, there's a pivotal, pivotal point of all of our stories where Mm -hmm. a conversion or a reversion takes place. And uh, for me, it was when I was six months pregnant with Marion, and she'll be 21 this August, and I attended a Christ Renews His Parish retreat. And shortly after that, I uh, my blood pressure went up, so I was in bed for seven or eight weeks. Wow. And um, at that at that time, I had just been this cultural Catholic that had phases of in and out. I always went to mass. I always prayed. You did it because you knew you were supposed to, right? Yeah. Out of obedience and not really out of a relationship with our Lord, but. Um, when my mother passed away, my dad remarried and moved. I moved into my mother's house mm-hmm. <laughs> for lack of a better. And there's still things that are exactly the way my mother had it. If you need a belt, it's in the belt drawer <laughs> next to this. But um, uh, our bedroom and still had this big rosary hanging on the on the wall. And I would you know, just kind of look at that rosary and think about my mother. Uh, the name Mary and Marie is everywhere in my family and Keith's family and my daughter's name is Marion uh out of her intercession mm-hmm. in my pregnancy and all of that so uh she's important and has become very very important and a strong part of my faith life but I really love how you said she you know she walks with us mm-hmm. and the, the vision of those non-cherubic style right. angels uh I mean it was like 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 warriors, you know, mm-hmm. like soldiers going to battle. And, and it was like, you know, we're, we're going with a purpose. And I remember thinking I, at that moment, when I saw that, it was like, I just broke down weeping, you know, had anything like that ever happened no. to you or around well, you before? Well, I, I would say, I mean, my, my conversion, when I first, um, when I first met Jesus in the Eucharist, I would say that like a veil was torn away when I saw him in the Eucharist and was like, that's God, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, it, to that extent, yeah, you know, seeing Jesus in the Eucharist, but I, and I, I don't want to say it was a vision because it, it's like it wasn't, you know, I, I, I saw with my eyes normal trees, but it was like my heart saw this and I, you know, didn't really know what to do with it. So I just cried. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but I, I did realize, all right, you know, this battle that I'm going through, particularly, you know, um, um, struggling with self-worth and, you know, f- struggling with feeling, you know, so coming to the lie that I was abandonable, that, you know, not worth much or, you know, forgettable, things like that. And, um, and when, when this happened, I, I saw the, uh, the sheer number of angels that would be in this battle. I was like, 
oh my gosh, you know, this is going to, this isn't, it's not going to be solved. Like this is going to be an actual battle. And this is the amount, this is the number of angels it takes to to overcome, you know, these kind of demons, um, these lies. And it was true, you know, it didn't get easier. It was harder. Um, and I remember knowing that, like going in, leaving that field, moving forward, it's going to be harder. But I'm not alone because I've, I've seen these skyscrapers, you know, and, and Mary as, as queen of angels mm-hmm. leading them to battle. Yeah. I, um, I, I think about who may be listening right now and where they may be in their, in a relationship or none at all with the blessed mother. And I think that when we tell our stories, when we tell our experiences in a way that is so compelling, um, what would you say? I mean, I, for our listeners, I think Jennifer has given us such a gift of an applicable, like the dogma, the this, the teaching. It's gone, obviously, from your head to your heart mm-hmm. and your soul, and you saw with the eyes of faith. Mm-hmm. And um, how can we um, help others apply that? Yeah. Um, I mean, the first thing I would say is to kind of mirror St. Maximilian Colby when he said, never be afraid of loving the Blessed Virgin too much. You can never love her as much as your son. So I I know everyone is different. Some people, you know, they they go from the knowledge first, um, but we have to not be afraid to move forward from just the knowledge part because knowledge should lead you to that actual love. You know, knowledge of something, the more you know about something, the more you should be able to love it. But, you know, you have to be able to open yourself up and be vulnerable because if we can't move on from that, then it it doesn't really mean much, you know. And then on the flip side, you know, if you have the the relationship with Mary and you know her as as your mother, that should drive you to know more about her. You know, it should be this this cycle of I love her so much as my mom and so I obviously want to get to know her better. I want to know about her. And then that should in turn, you know, inform your, how, how you feel about her. Yeah. And I, as you described, you were in a situation and you felt like she was addressing your self-worth. Yeah. But re- regardless of what the situation, um, earlier in the show, I was talking about uh, a broken marriage or uh, working on their annulment or our children whatever yeah. age they are, is always a place that Mama Mary can come in and, and help us and walk with yeah. us. Yeah, and, and you know, it's funny. I had I had done, up until that point, I had I'd been doing um, uh, uh, Louis de Montfort's Marian Consecration. And, um, <laughs> and, and the thing is, like, I, in my life, go through these cycles, as we all do, you know, go through these cycles of, of, you know, I am really strong in my devotion to her, saying the rosary every day, you know, at, you know, asking her to pray for me, things like that. And then, you know, as kind of time goes on, you like, 
maybe you miss a rosary or you know you pray once a week and it it's like these these cycles yes. um and i i i know at that point in my life i was in that part of my of a cycle where i was not really have like engaging in much of a relationship with her and i knew that and so that's why and even when i was sitting there in that field just kind of praying i wasn't even thinking about mary um and it went it wasn't until the snake appeared that I recalled to mind the image of Mary crushing the head mm-hmm. of the serpent. Genesis. Yeah, Genesis 3.16 mm-hmm. of, of the, the head of the serpent being crushed and that, you know, effectively giving us our salvation right there. So, and it, when the snake showed up, that's why I felt like, oh, you know, maybe that's why I need to pray Hail Marys. Like, that's what I'm going to do. I'm just going to pray Hail Marys, you know, and... And then it was like this beautiful gift that was given, even though I was 100, like not even close to deserving that. Because I, like I said, I mm-hmm. I had kind of fallen off a little bit in my relationship with her. Yeah. Uh, recently uh, at Bible study, we were discussing the, the rosary and um, how your mind can wonder mm-hmm. and how the monotonous of the Hail Mary and um, someone else, my, my spiritual director, you know, the monotony of the Hail Mary allows our minds to focus on the mystery. Right. And as you said, you know, I'm just, just going to pray it nonstop. Mm-hmm. And, you know, typically I'll try to Hail Mary myself back to sleep in the middle of the night <laughs> or uh, things like that. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, I am the first person that is is going to say, I really want Catholics to be able to know how to pray out loud, not just rote prayer. Like that's a a mission of mine actually is to help Catholics to learn how, you know, when someone says, can you lead us in prayer for people to be like, "Uh, uh," you know, like not being scared, but like, okay, yeah, let's pray. Um, That's something I'm really passionate about. That being said, um, rote prayer and that kind of monotony is something that we as humans need um, I'll give you an example. This past week was really rough for me, um, seeing all the all the things on on Facebook and social media, and people being really angry and 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 I feeling so overwhelmed, not knowing how to pray, and being in a place where I was like, God, I have so many cares and and you know worries. I guess you know people saying really awful things online, and I don't even know where to start. Like, I have so many prayers, so many requests, so so many burdens, I guess, about this. I don't even know how to start. And I just felt him say, like, you know, like, pray the rosary. And so the rosary right there is that's a place where I don't have to think about what I'm going to say. Here, Mother Mary, you know all this junk. You just take it. And right. I don't have to so figure it, it out. It gives us an avenue to pray when we don't know what else to pray. And it's so needed. And yes. Um, and you mentioned uh, Total Consecration by St. Louis de Montfort, which I did out of the total sin of pride because I said I was going to do it. And it was hard and it was dry and I powered through it and did not feel mm-hmm. any fruit from it. I know our faith life is not based on feelings, but I still want them <laughs> uh, and all of that. And someone else years later, hey, I think Father Brian McMaster's 
version of uh, consecration. Hey, you should try that. And I just said no to it without even reading Mm -hmm. the book and considering it. But when I was supposed to learn more about Marian consecration, it came at a time that three of my two of my friends both saw 33 Days to Morning Glory all at the same time. And we're like, okay, if we do it now, I think we'll finish on August the 15th. And uh, wonderful experience, which I've renewed several times. Our station has gone through a consecration to the Blessed Mother as well as Waco and Palestine for our listeners. And if you're just joining us, I want to remind everybody that Jennifer Stavanoha is my guest today. And if you would have a comment or a question that we would welcome a phone call at 855-683-7332. That's 85-LOVE-RED-C. We would love love for someone to call. And uh, let me pull my phone out. So people do text me about my show sometimes also, our show. Um, but the idea, you mentioned St. Maximilian Colby earlier and the uh, the 33 Days to Morning Glory gives us four saints to right. emulate. And uh, what a burden off of my shoulders to just be <laughs> able to say, any grace I might receive at this Mass, I give that to you, Mary. Yeah. From your perspective, which is perfect, you can see that where these needs needs are and where they can be applied. Right. Where those prayers can be. And that's like. I'm out. Wherever, <laughs> wherever, whoever needs it the most mm-hmm. and whatever situation needs it the most, I don't have to be the judge of nope. that. You know, nope. I or, can just let it or go. Or worry about what I need Or either. worry about it. Yeah. Yes. Whatever I need most. I don't know what that hey. is, but. That is, we've, <laughs> you've pulled that mic over a time or two and then push it back away. So we're going to be quiet and give you the opportunity. Well, to it's actually just a also. question. I wanted to know if, since we're talking a little bit about the rosary, if you would just spend a few minutes Maybe give a couple of tips or favorite methods, you know, the things that have found you have found have made it um, a better prayer for you. I know yeah. that I, I like to say that uh, for me, the rosary is sort of spiritual weightlifting in that yeah. I, I don't like to go to the gym, but I know that, or work out, but I know that when I get done doing it, I am much better off for it. And that's kind of how the rosary is for me insofar as I always kind of balk at picking up the rosary beads and and starting it. But I know it's something I should do. I know it's good for me. And when I get done doing it, I mean, I feel refreshed. Right. You never regret praying the rosary. Oh, man, that was a waste of 20 minutes. Right. Right. And I'm I'm able to do the same thing that you talked about of putting your cares and your worries in Mary's hands and also to meditate on the mysteries and take your mind off of the five feet in front of your feet and raise your eyes to heaven and think about transcendent, eternal things. Right. So actually, one thing I really like to do and don't get to do often enough um, is actually have a picture of whatever mystery it is that you're praying. So if you are, you know... If you're meditating on the visitation, get a find a picture online of the visitation. If you're meditating on Jesus carrying his cross, get a picture of him carrying his cross. I feel like I've gotten so much fruit from mm-hmm. just looking at a, a a picture, an image, an icon, something. Uh, I mean, our senses are there 
um, to help us. You know, they're they're given to us on purpose, and I think that that really aids the prayer. Um, I know for a lot of people, myself included, um, you know, finding a scriptural rosary, uh, you can get those. There's like little books, or you can probably find them online or something. But um, but basically, for every Hail Mary, it has like a scripture verse that pertains to whatever mystery that you're meditating on. Um, and so for me, that, you know, it helps it not to be like, I guess, dry or, you know, it, it helps it to move it along um, a little bit. And it also gives you a little bit more perspective on what the scripture is talking about, because for the mysteries, for, you know, the uh, Mary's assumption and her coronation in heaven, those aren't specifically recorded in the Bible. And so what they do for the scriptural rosaries is they pull out like Old Testament verses that allude to those things. And that Mm -hmm. is really cool. Yes, it is. Um, I... I, my favorite mysteries are the sorrowful mysteries, which sounds kind of uh, morose. Or, uh, <laughs> but, you know, things come slowly to me. And I started going to daily mass on a Friday under the guise of taking my little old lady. I'm the one who needed to go, but right. she needed someone to push her in the wheelchair. So I started going on Fridays, which is when you normally... Uh, most often pray it's every Friday yeah is the sorrowful mysteries and so Friday after Friday I I memorize them and I can recall the movie the passion of the Christ and have those visuals of when he was in the garden yeah and the visuals of the scourging at the pillar along with a, a youth ministry video that the youth minister talked about how Jesus embraced that stump he said i'm taking this for judy i'm taking this for jennifer and he hugged that and protected us by taking on that scourging and so those mysteries are so much easier for me to really enter into yeah i I think also on tuesdays i think i have favorite um like like a favorite mystery within like each one. Do you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like for the sorrowful mysteries, my favorite one is, and this sounds, yeah, it does sound weird, doesn't it? Um, so my, my favorite one is the carrying of the cross because I, I have this image in my head. Um, oh no. Okay. So when I pray the rosary and I have like the, you know, the mysteries, I have like um, a certain one that I use that has like a certain wording. I just found it online like years ago and I just really love it. But anyway, so for the scourging of the pillar, the wording for the scourging of the pillar is like, uh, I mean, not scourging of the pillar, um, carrying of the cross. cross, um, And part of the wording, it says like, as the crowds urged him on, that was one of the words, as the crowds urged him on. And in praying the rosary and reflecting on that, I like imagine you know, the crowds, you know, urging Jesus on as like, come on, get up, you know, like spitting at him and, you know, yelling at him and cursing at him and urging him on like as it's, you know, as they want him to die. But whenever I meditate on that mystery, that phrase, as they urge him on, I see almost like, you know, that's like their flesh, but their souls urging him on, please help me. Help me. Yeah. You know, like, like you, like. I, I need you to do this almost. And I, the, the yeah. words, forgive them for they know not what they do. Surely 
resonate right. with that that thoughts. Um, uh, Jennifer, we ha- we probably have about five, seven more minutes, and you brought this wonderful laptop, and I haven't seen you scroll one time, so I don't know I if have we're a actually <laughs> uh, talking uh, about yeah. some of the things that you no, we want to make are. sure yep. uh, we, we uh, visit. So while you're teaching this class <clears throat> for RCIA, and you know, I'm just going to ask you over the air yeah. uh, to come do that at St. Anthony's, perhaps. But uh, And tomorrow you will... It is tomorrow, right? Tomorrow, that yeah. you're going <laughs> to come and talk to our Bible study. So if there's any listeners local in the Bryan College Station area, you'll be welcome to join us and revisit and expound on this conversation at 10 a.m. for the ladies' Bible study. Um, but um, what what's a question that you get asked perhaps uh, more often than not or something that... Uh, yeah, um, probably is about the rosary mm-hmm. um, that people are kind of like, what is this? You know, um, there's, I mean, I feel like you see rosaries happen in like, you know, horror, horror movies and like people praying rosaries. People just don't know what it is. So, I mean, I, I just tell them, you know, um, it's Jesus's life through the eyes of Mary, um, you know, responding to, oh, you know, it's just vain repetition. I, I kind of like to see it as, you know, just as a mother never tires of hearing mommy, I love you. Mm-hmm. It's kind of the same thing. We're, not going to ever get tired of, she's not going to yeah. get tired of hearing, mommy, I love you, mommy, I love you, mommy, I love you. <laughs> right, right. You know, I, I would say that that's probably the most asked question is mm-hmm. is about the rosary. Um, I do get some questions about, you know, Jesus's brothers and sisters. Um, how can Mary be ever virgin if Jesus's brothers and sisters? And and we um, we address that where the the Greek of that, that talks about Jesus's brothers in the gospel is a Delphoi. And that word could mean brother or sisters or whatever, but it also means close relation. And it's the same word that is used when you translate um, the Old Testament. When the Old Testament is translated into Greek, it's the same word that is used for the relationship between Abraham and Lot. And that was a, that was a, a nephew, uncle type of relationship. Mm-hmm. So Adelphoi doesn't necessarily mean brothers and sisters. Probably the most obvious um, way that we can know that Jesus was an only child was um, uh, Jesus on the cross gives um, his mother to John. And if Jesus had had brothers and sisters, he wouldn't have had to do that. He would have, you know, his brothers and sisters would have taken care of his mother. It would have been highly offensive, actually, if he had given his mother to someone that was not a relative. But he he did that. So that's probably the most obvious that we can know. Um, the other The other kind of interesting tidbit is that Mary... When the angel comes to Mary, um, she says, and, and the angel tells Mary that she's going to um, have a baby. Mary says, I know not man. And that I know not man doesn't mean like, oh, I haven't had relations before. But it's kind of like the same thing. Like if if like I, if I were to say, well, I don't smoke. It doesn't mean that, you know, not only do I not currently smoke, it also means I have no intention of smoking in the future. I don't smoke. So that the the language there is hmm. uh, that I know not man implies that her marriage was going to be um, a chaste marriage. Um, so I know not man, meaning her, her intention was never to have relations with her husband. Oh, that's fascinating. I've never really heard that analogy. Yeah. Like that. Um and uh, I think the movie Mar- Mary of Nazareth, uh, was Mary of Nazareth, Mary mm-hmm. of Nazareth, I think was uh, 
um, a movie that really gave me a image of the enunciation of the visitation mm-hmm. and uh, a kind of a chronological chronologicalized her Magnificat. Like I don't know why I thought there was I don't know where she said it, but the Magnificat. Bef- prior to seeing oh, in, in yeah. the movie, yeah. she's like running up the stairs and just like <laughs> grabbing uh, her cousin and my soul magnifies the Lord. Like she was. Wow. It wasn't this quiet, meditative. Yeah. Holy is his name version. Uh, John Michael. <laughs> the song <laughs> prayer thing. Uh, another great way to visualize uh, while praying the rosary. Yeah. In those times. Um, so. um yeah, I would there the the other I guess um tidbit I would give for that um where in the scripture it says that Joseph had no union with her until she bore a son. So some people will say, well, you know, it says until mm-hmm. that oh gee, that Joseph had no union with her until she bore a son and that implies that she had a relationship with him after. after. But actually um, you know, we all, we hear in the same gospel that Jesus says, I will be with you until the end of the age. Does that mean when the age ends, he's not going to be with us anymore? No, it th- that until doesn't imply, you know, that it happened afterwards. The, the focus is the before, that it didn't happen. Mm-hmm. Or um, I will be with you until the end of the age, m- emphasizing the I will be with you. So, right. yeah. Yeah. Um, have you repeated your Marian consecration. Oh yeah. You always follow the St. Louis de Montfort. Yeah. You utilize some of the Um other. so I don't know if we have time for me to tell this story. Do you have time for me to tell the story? One minute, two minutes. Probably not then. Go. Okay. Well, real fast, mm-hmm. um I was considering doing a Marian consecration in twenty twelve or so. Um thinking about it. I was randomly gifted a Louis de Montfort book because it was in the lost and found wasn't sure if I should do it, Decide, and I knew it wasn't going to land on any of the Marian feast days in the book. Um, just really felt called to do it, did it, counted the days of how long, it, of what day I would make my consecration, January 1st. Mar- feast of Mary, Mother of God, was not listed in the book. So It's not? No. Oh my not goodness. In, not in the book that I had. It wasn't listed. And so every year I, I will renew on um, January 1st. Got it. Oh, that's so great. Well, Jennifer, I'm not surprised as always. Uh, the time has just flown really by. <laughs> Maybe not like the time of you speeding to get here, but uh, <laughs> it has flown by. But I do thank you, and I will continue to ask Mary to keep putting us together yeah. and sharing her beautiful story and her devotion to all those around us. And uh, we will pick this back up tomorrow. When you come to talk to the Bible study, I want to thank all of our listeners and continue to turn to the Blessed Mother and she will help you. And I've got a visual of those skyscraper angels. Have a great day.